Yoko Ono is my secret. <laughs> <laughs> it's so brave. There's a, there's a scene in uh, in uh, the rock and roll circus. There's a scene in the Rolling Stones rock and roll circus. And John Lennon's band comes out. It's called the Dirty Mac, and it's got Eric Clapton playing lead guitar and John singing or playing and singing. And then Yoko is on a sign warbling away. And there's this yeah. there's this one point in which Clapton looks over and he just kind of rolls his eyes yep. like. But this is like, oh my god, what is this woman doing? She's doing the she's, do, she's doing she's, the primal scream thing. Oh, like. just it's just he's just so embarrassed, you know. It's like or just. Totally, totally throwing. As soon, Polly, as soon as you said the words, there's this one scene, I knew the exact thing you were about to say. <laughs> Clapped and rolling his eyes, right? Oh, man. Yeah. Okay, let's go, babies. All right. Let's do it. Black Sheep Radio with Ben McVie, Mark LeFave, and Chris Brown. Join the conversation at BSR Podcast on Facebook and at Radio underscore Sheep on Instagram and Twitter. So before we get into things here, something very bizarre happened in my home last night. I was a little afraid to come out of my bedroom this morning. (laughs) What? (laughs) It's four o'clock yesterday. My daughter, Noah, uh, announces to me that uh, she's booked an appointment to have her nails done in-house here. (laughs) Now... I, I don't know if you know this about me. Nails give me the creeps really bad. Like fingernails really creep me out. I just, I find them to be a harbinger of filth. And so when my daughter gets these fucking 18 inch long talons that are, you know, ruby red, they really freak me out. The Cardi B's. The Cardi B's. She gets the Cardi B's, man. Like she, her fingernails arrive at a, an, an event 15 minutes before she does. Anyway. Um, the lady finally got here uh, at six. Now, to my knowledge, any nail appointment that she's had in the past is typically 45 minutes to an hour. Guys, the lady got here at six. I finally fell asleep last night at 1030 and she was still in my living room doing my daughter's nails. Like what, 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 what did she do? Do they shoot lasers? Like they better do something special because I was locked. They set up right in the middle of the living room and I was locked in my bedroom for the entire night. I was kind of pissed. I was, yeah, I, oh, well, clear this morning, but I, I literally, I poked my head out of my door like Groundhog Day, man. I'm like, is the nail lady still fucking here? She I've never seen anything like four and a half hours for nails. Jesus if you're not good at something, don't do it well, anymore. I ask, can I ask how much? I'm I, really it, curious. It was, she won it. Oh, she won it. Uh, she won it from some, I don't, I don't know. It was, it was free anyway. So I couldn't even look at the process because I'm that grossed out by it. Amanda comes home late. I told, I gave her the heads up like the nail lady's still here. Apparently the nail lady had these, the, like they, they were circus sideshow Guinness World Record fake nails on that are like six inches long for god's sake and i'm how do you do nails with those nails <laughs> yeah that's why it took her so long how do you do oh anything my. with those nails? how do you do yeah. any, how do you wipe your bum with those nails? i don't oh, no. i never even thought about I that you, you don't, don't. you just <laughs> don't that's right <laughs> uh, 
anyway, let's get on to work. You have to reorganize your entire life based on what you put on your fingernails. You have to completely rethink how you do everything. Uh, I just, I don't get, oh, especially when she's, when she's texting in the car and all you get is the tapa tapa oh. tapa of the, oh, it just drives me friggin' so you haven't So you haven't seen these nails No, yet. I, I fell asleep before the nail lady left. She was still right, here. That is fascinating. At ten thirty at night, like I just, I uh, want to know what I want to know. I got to know. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> um, let's uh, let's do her band draft. Yeah, for sure. Uh, let's one thing round that, this out. One thing I wanted to add. I know Paul said that he didn't have any music news today, but um, there there was an interesting thing. So I, I don't know. There's a little bit of a crossover uh, today. It's like podcast news versus. Uh, podcast news meets music news uh, Joe Rogan moved over to Spotify yeah. um, and in this monstrous deal uh, it's like a hundred million dollar licensing deal uh, and Miley Cyrus was one of his first guests and I, I was I, I managed to catch a, a little bit of the show yesterday <laughs> and it was really interesting you know M- Miley Cyrus is a very free spirit um, mm-hmm. and and it was really cool to, to hear her you know her her take on her rise to fame and 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 get like you know it's it's funny how different the public's perception of people is versus who they Mm. actually are and how Mm. they view themselves and 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 i mean it it doesn't get any more different uh it doesn't it doesn't diverge any more uh prominently i don't think than 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 a disney star you know there's so much mythology surrounding these people but and it's really cool to hear but you know the funny thing is that she's created those personas uh hannah montana aside um all these personas that we've seen on stage everything from uh you know the the woman who was twerking on television to the wrecking ball to the to the singer songwriter type that can sing a song from the heart she's created all these confusing conflicting personas so if she's saying people don't understand me it's because well we only see what we we only see what we see we only get what we see, so don't expect us to know the real Miley Cyrus when you keep shifting it. Mm. Now, that's the thing about celebrity yeah. is that we only we very often evaluate them from the product that they produce, those glimpses inside, and we rarely get to peek behind the curtain to see who they really are. So, that, 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 yeah, that's like David Bowie getting to the early '80s, going, "What you don't get me? <laughs> How many different incarnations have there been of you? You know, you can say that about any celebrity for that matter. You know, yeah, yeah. She wasn't necessarily saying that, like you know, people people don't understand her. I, I feel like more more. It was more along the lines of like. Ha- well, okay, so so one of the things that she thought was really cool is the way that the, the, the press junket has changed now versus where it was like before. Because what she was saying is like you do – back in the day, you would do like a, a feature in a magazine, uh, a cover story in a magazine. And, and by the time it comes out, say four months later, it's way out of date and it's not relative to who that person is. And, and, and she was saying like when you're releasing music before, what you would do is you, you would have – you would have a record that would be written, signed, sealed, everything's done, you know, six months before it was released. So, like, you're essentially behind, you know, her self-development, whereas now it's a little bit more immediate. So, you know, she's doing these press junkets and they're, they're getting released. She's doing podcast the podcast circuit, I guess, now, and it gets released the same day. So she gets to speak, like, directly to the audience and, like, right. music. You know, you can release an album as soon as it's done, realistically, if you wanted to, and... 
and and people get to see where you are in that moment. So it's 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 pretty interesting to, to hear. Um, I mean, among other things, she talked about uh, one of the cool things she talked about too was like approaching. Um, I don't know that this would surprise any of us, uh, but but approaching uh, being a, a pop star as as if you were an athlete as, as far as like you know physical conditioning and and like mm. she's going through all of these things that she does to like make sure that that she her career can maintain this longevity she had like throat surgery I guess she was talking about that and and her um, voice is actually really str- like like very ch- it's changed it's altered if you if you hear her talk it's very it, um, it, it, it takes you back actually it's pretty pretty interesting so yeah, she, mentioned, she mentioned uh you know she's i know she's not smoking anymore and mm-hmm. did, did she talked about that in any way she did yeah she did she said so so joe, one of the first things they talked about was joe rogan called he's like wow he's like you have a really striking voice you know and they went into it and and she said yeah like i, I she used to smoke a lot she can't smoke anymore obviously because she she she's come to understand what um, that does to her throat. Uh, and she's like, I I'm in this for the long haul. Like I, I don't want to, I, I want to be, she's like, I'm creating music now that, that I, I re- think really speaks to who I am and, and I want to continue to do that. So she's had to give up, she's given up alcohol. She's given up everything. Like she used right. to smoke pot all the time and do yeah. drugs and stuff and men give away everything. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so it's pretty, it was cool. It was, yeah, it's, it's, it's a, it's an interesting, I, I will see with Joe Rogan, like what the, the, the guests hold because it seems like there's a little bit of a shift there now that he's got Spotify he's got a little bit more distribution a little more reach but yeah didn't Rogan have to didn't Rogan uh, actually dump some of his older shows that were that were archived because they were uh, politically incorrect am, am I right in saying it that way that's the rumor so so not specific not really a rumor it's not based on nothing but uh, yeah there were there was a, a couple people noticed that like the the episodes that he did with like you know that conspiracy guy Alex Jones uh, mm-hmm. were were mysteriously missing off of his catalog uh there, there was those two guys are almost one and the same anyway yeah there was a, a, a he did a recent um podcast episode with post malone where they did mushrooms and they talked about shit for like four hours and the the episode was cut down to like 30 40 minutes and didn't include <laughs> the part when they did mushrooms that was for um, our sake i think yeah <laughs> probably <laughs> um but yeah look, but the, but but they say that they're gonna add all that stuff shortly so I, I don't know what that means um everyone thinks it's like this big censorship play but but who knows okay yeah it was interesting right. yeah right on okay so we are doing the final leg of the super band draft and today we're picking the lead singer and like a wild card utility player teams utility player yeah so are we did you okay did you want to go through everybody's list as they stand now first and then we can go into who we're picking or sure i'll lead off i've got danny sure. carey from tool on drums jack bruce is my bass player from cream uh my rhythm player is james hetfield and my lead guitar player is jack white Ooh. Anyone, who's next? Mark, you want to- that's, a far, that's a far cry from my band <laughs> of Phil Collins on drums, Sting on bass. I've got uh, Bob Marley on uh, rhythm guitar, and I've got George Harrison on lead guitar. I have uh, a combo. I have a, I have a two-man rhythm team in the back. I have uh, <laughs> Neil, Neil Peart and Dave Grohl in the back. I have Flea playing bass. I have Jimi Hendrix playing lead guitar. 
I have gone with the classic lineup. Yeah, it's the all-star team. <laughs> and who's, who's have... your rhythm player, Polly? Uh, Flea from the Chili Peppers. No, bass player, but who was the rhythm? Who was your rhythm guitar player? Oh, Keith Richards. Oh, yeah, it was Keith Richards. Keith I Richards. forgot. Yeah, Keith. There we go. Keith. Keith forgotten again poor Keith we did the duplicate so I and I've got John Bonham on drums Roger Waters on bass John Frusciante on uh, rhythm guitar no lead guitar lead guitar and then, and then also Keith Richards on rhythm guitar we had a little ba- battle on that one gotcha so we're so I'll start it off we're gonna go with and, and this is this is a little bit of a double dip on my part um, but I, it, we're, we're gonna start with singers is that what we said we we're gonna do yep. so yeah. so <clears throat> I've, um, I've talked about this guy. This, this guy made it as one of, on my front man Mount Rushmore. I feel like there might be a little bit of doubles here, uh, and I and I was looking at. I think the last time I left off saying that like I was considering picking like a female lead singer. I didn't end up going with that. I I took a real strong look at it, and the reason why I didn't pick a female lead singer is just because I was looking at the band, and I just couldn't find one that really fit the Fish, bill. Right. It's just it wasn't right. Like I, I mean, I love female lead singers. Um, um, Stevie Nicks is one of my favorite singers of all time. Janis Joplin's one of my favorite singers of all time. Um, you know, Sia. I'm obsessed with Sia, but like I, none of them would have been right. So uh, today I'm going to go with David Bowie. And again, I don't know that that's necessarily a surprise to anybody mm. because like I, he made my list of of favorite frontman. Um, he's just super dynamic, great songwriter, great singer, very interesting uh, stage presence to say the least, depending on, well, no, not depending on what era, all of his eras are interesting, even down to the GQ era. Um, It it was, it was very curious to see him do that. And and it was very fitting too. And I think it would be, yeah, like I, I think that he, he would mesh really well with the band that I've already got going right now. And I would be very interested to see what kind of music they would create. Cause I don't know that it would necessarily, it might seem like an eclectic group at, at face value, but like, you know, all of the people that, uh, I picked are, are, are kind of, they, they're, they're, uh, they're known for their, their flexibility and experimentation. So I'm, so I'm, I'd be, I'd buy a ticket to that show for sure. If David makes Bowie sense, makes way. sense. Yeah, I, my my pick when we get to it, I had to consider my roster. My all my moves are are building a roster like a sports draft. Yeah, yeah, mind you. You so, know, it, it's interesting. You you brought up something that's really paramount for me, and it's kind of like the, it's the one attribute, the one one thing about a lead singer that I think is often forgotten. Because when we take, a, I think when we kind of think about a singer we think about how they sing and you know the qualities of their voice and you know some of the songs that they've written or their performance side of the whole thing but stage presence is something that's completely different and it's one thing for instance like when I was a kid growing up listening to Robert Plant I said oh yeah he's got the chops man let's listen to him but when I saw that stupid movie the song remains the same it was his stage presence which got me says it's the way that he commands the stage there's a there's a swagger there is just something mm-hmm. about the way he holds himself and of course some of the some of the stage moves and stuff like that but just stage presence is so important I think all the people I imagine we're all going to mention here today have that 
factor, which is an unknown one. You don't hear it in the records, you know. And Bowie had presence. I saw him. It's just he's, you know, uh, almost an enigma as well, too. But just, mm-hmm. just the way he carried himself on stage, the way the musicians fed upon what he was doing when he was on stage. I saw him a couple of times and he's just larger than life. So, so Polly, is Robert Plant your pick? No, he's not. Want me to go to mine? Yeah. So my band was Neil Peart and Dave Grohl on the kit. Flea is the bass player. Hendrix and Keefe. And I told you I've got a classic lineup here. So I'm going with the biggest stage presence and that is Freddie Mercury. Mm-hmm. who I think is one of the most versatile singers. I've seen Freddie Mercury twice, and, and there's there's this, okay, the, 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 the pinnacle for me is, and it keeps coming back every once in a while, is the live, live aid performance. And I'll never forget it because there's Freddie on stage at Wembley Stadium with 100,000 people, and he's got the entire crowd in his hand. If you do a search on Live Aid, the first image you see is Freddie Mercury. Yeah. David Bowie was a close second that day, and a lot of people thought that that you two sold the stole the show. No, they didn't. They that was their big coming out performance. You know, yep. Bono was tremendous, but he did it on a gimmick. You know, he jumped into the crowd. Wow, that's marvelous. Um, but Freddie was versatile. I mean, when you heard the early Queen records, they were heavy, heavy, hard rock records. And he had this voice that somehow had to fit in amongst all those solos. When you hear the early Queen records, they're pummeling records. Nothing like the, you know, another one bites the dust pop stuff that he ended up doing. And that's why I love Freddie is his voice is so... Um, so versatile he was able to be a bit of a chameleon as the band's music changed and the times changed he changed with them and of course he always had that four octave range voice and once again stage presence stage presence all eyes on Freddie when he's on stage everything from stage costuming to just the way he moved across the stage even sitting at a piano playing a song there's something about him as a singer so freddie mercury is mine and that's hard because i had mr springsteen who has made me laugh and cry and cheer all in the same show i mean i love springsteen and he he will drag your heart and your soul and your emotions through the mud through the entire three four hour show and i didn't pick him so there you go there's freddie mercury for me (laughs) Uh, it's hard to follow Freddie Mercury. Marcus, yeah. are you doing it or am I? <laughs> yeah, you know what? I'll uh, I'll let you I'll let you go last. I'll okay. uh, I'll go with mine. And I mean, who do you pick for a frontman for for your band? Uh, I know I noticed that both of you, uh, between David Bowie and uh, Freddie Mercury, they are frontmen. They are they are leading the state. They're almost so big that you forget about the other fantastic performers mm. that you have behind them. So I wanted to avoid doing that. Cool. And I wanted to uh, maybe pick somebody with a little less, a little less pizzazz and a little more melding in with the rest of my band. So a quick refresh, uh, Phil Collins on drums, Sting on bass, uh, George Harrison on lead guitar and Bob Marley on uh, rhythm guitar. Stop. By the way, all four of your players yeah. are all singers. 
All That's great right. singers, yes. all four <laughs> yeah. of them are amazing yeah. singers. The, the harmonies are going to be phenomenal. Yeah. So, um, originally, I had one of my favorite front men is Eddie Vedder, and f- kind of for that reason that you had just said with uh, with Bruce Springsteen, where you go to a Pearl Jam concert and he makes you laugh and he makes you cry, and uh, he he can get twenty five thousand people to be singing "Daughter" along with him. Uh, it's 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 an experience. But uh, considering the discussion that we oh nice cool, Polly's going. Eddie the shelf. Better. He's got his Eddie Vedder print out. Of course, he has, it doesn't matter what performer uh-huh. I say. He has a. So I really he's, like he's Tiny like, Tim. He's got like a carrot top. Uh, ukulele. No, no. Polly, Polly, we see. We secretly take <laughs> bets to see which artist is going to be mentioned before you reach for the shelf. <laughs> um, <laughs> who's who's, who's going to get? And it's always within arm's reach for Paul. Has anyone noticed this? So I tell good. you, so good. This is from you. This probably, is from years of fatherhood of reaching into the back seat for the misbehaving kid. Uh, Polly can reach behind uh, him. And pull out any. He's going back. What's he got? This he's got. It looks like he's pulling out the rose from uh, Beauty and the Beast. So for those for those of you wondering, we all we're all in our homes, the four of us on Black Sheep Radio, and Polly, uh, former music director, longtime music director, has quite the collection built up from a long and story. Yeah, he's at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Uh, We're we're at our houses. uh, What's he pulling out now? What do you What's got? got? I'm excited. Oh, that's amazing. <laughs> the Aussie bobblehead. Aussie, Aussie bobblehead. It's like, that's not, it's, Why it's, not? It's a better than average bobblehead, I would say. Like, yeah. That's a, yeah. That's, yeah. Like, that's like a premium bobblehead. That looks legit. <laughs> Jesus. Cool. So, Mark, you were at Eddie Vedder? Uh, yeah. Well, I guess. Sorry. I, I think. It's okay. That's okay. Uh, no, based on our, based on our, again, I, I, I lean away from Eddie Vedder only because he, he steals the show when you go to a Pearl Jam concert and almost becomes a little bit of an, the, the Eddie Vedder show, the Eddie Vedder and his band show. And not to say that they're not fantastic as they are, but uh, so I went with someone that I think is going to meld really well with the guys in my band. And uh, based on our conversation last week, I thought I would add uh, a female presence to uh, to my band. So even then it was uh, who do I pick? And I spoke to my wife about this and. Uh, I'm going to go with a different pick here. Originally, I was going to go with Annie Lennox, someone that's nominated for uh, two Academy Awards. She's won an Academy Award. She's been nominated for Golden Globes. She's won two of those. She's won Daytime Emmys. She's won 18, or sorry, been nominated for 18 Grammys. She's won three of them. And I didn't pick her. I went for somebody that total award wins overall, 49 award wins and 126 nominations. Think of the rest of my band. Think of Sting with the with the bass riffs going and add Gwen Stefani's voice to my uh, to my band Whoa. so I have Gwen Stefani as my lead singer to go with uh, to go with the rest of those so your mm. band just got really interesting you know yeah that's a, that's an interesting it's gonna thing. have a, it's, it's gonna have a funk show it's gonna have some reggae to it it's gonna have uh, it's gonna have a look and of course it's gonna have it does fit. Yeah, like, no, her no doubt stuff. Maybe not her. Uh, yeah. Maybe not her Eve. Yeah, stuff. you know what? Her her no doubt stuff was really off the hook. You're absolutely what a great pick. When Mark said at the start of this thing, nobody's going to have my picks. I thought, okay, yeah, how that, far out can this be? Where's your Gwen Stefani bobblehead? That does fit into that combo. I think better than Annie Lennox does. Annie's amazing. Amazing. Yeah. Uh, she's amazing, amazingly versatile, and and but yet yeah, Gwen, 
I used to have a thing for yeah. Gwen Stefani, man. I thought she Don't was Don't worry, Annie, Annie Lennox. Annie Lennox might make a, might make a return later in the uh, the special teams of my band. Ooh. So okay, all right. Yeah, that all was right. Cool. Okay, right. so we're like we're. We're down to my pick for singer, and uh, through I guess you know as I, as I've built the roster here, I've built kind of a heavy band, right? Uh, so yeah. I've got Danny Carey on drums, I've got Jack Bruce from Cream on bass, James Hetfield's my rhythm player, Jack White. So I need to pick a um, you know my for for my band, I had to take heavy consideration into who's going to fit in with these guys and who how's it going to work. And I also had to take stage presence, and I think my pick has good, not great stage presence, but you've got a freakishly large drummer and drum kit back there, and you've got James Hetfield, who, who can command his own stage presence. I don't need to rely so heavily on my lead singer to carry the band for charisma. Um, and the first time I was told this guy was going to be in a super group and he's going to be singing with former members of Rage Against the Machine, I thought, you got to be fucking crazy. That'll never work. Nice. Chris Cornell definitely Chris works. Pick. Definitely works with this band. The voice is yep. unmistakable. It's incredible. Uh, he's a good songwriter, too, and I think he fits in well with the, the, the rest of my guys. Yep, that works. He's, my, he's one of my favorites. I don't know if you've ever heard it. His performance of... Uh, it's Metallica's one, but with the lyrics to U2's one. So he's playing Metallica's that, yeah. one, but no. he's singing U2's one. It is, uh, yeah. if I'm not mistaken, it, it's one of the other. It's he's, he's playing one tune and singing the one. I'm pretty sure he's singing U2's one while playing Metallica's one at that. It, it's phenomenal. Check it out if you get a chance. Like that sounds great. Super, yeah. super. Yeah, he's just, he's great. He's he is my favorite. Yeah, good pick, Ben. Yeah, ma- massive stage presence. Uh, I think oh. I think his voice kind of went and it was going in the end, and that was probably mm-hmm. that was probably more age than anything. But it doesn't diminish what he was able to do. And then in the end, his voice, like Robert Plant's, he found another gear. You know, yeah. that's right. Yeah, he had that uh, he had that Sia thing going on there at the end where yeah. it would crack and it was all pained, and you're like, "Fuck, who hurt you, Chris?" <laughs> Like it's just so uh, no, I want I want Jesus Christ pose Chris Cornell. I definitely yes. I definitely want that Good. that era Chris Cornell to be my guy. But uh, so if I get that, I'm pick, taking man. Chris Cornell all day long. Quick quick observations here. I did not pick Springsteen as I could have and should have, and Benny did not pick Gord Downey. And that was interesting because Gord Downey, that wouldn't have fit with your band. It would no. not have fit, right? And yet, and yet, <laughs> fit. Gord, and yet, and Ben knows this because he channels him when he performs. Is that Gord on stage becomes something happens? Yes, he in, he inhabits the songs in a way that we don't hear it on the record. You know, he's no longer the poet; he now becomes the performer. <laughs> you know. The marionette on in stage. Terms of, yeah, in terms of stage presence, front man, Gord Downey's my pick all day long. And even right. for writing, Gord Downey is definitely right there. But I had to look at the rest of the roster and Gord Downey. Listen, <laughs> it, it, it's a good thing that Gord Downey, it's a good thing that the four guys in the hip were the four guys in the hip who were completely yes. willing to be the backdrop and were just the the perfect complement as mu- musically to, to Gord Downey. That, that was a magic combo. That yeah. really, really was. 
All right, utility players. Can I just say, yeah. real, real quick, before we get to utility players as well, I just want to throw out my my final like honorable mention for lead singer. If you just think of the people in my band as well, yes. and and add Stevie Wonder in as my sure, lead singer. Maybe he's your utility player. I mean, the guy plays multi. Guy, the guy can play drums for Christ's yeah. sakes. He plays all kinds yeah. of instruments. Which is he'd be a good pick for utility player. Just say it. Yeah, yeah. For your band, for sure. Right, right on. so Chris. Okay, this one I'm really excited about. I when I when I when I landed on this one, I was like, oh, okay, this is especially when you think about like the 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 dynamic with my band right now. Adding a little bit more of a modern touch to this, I'm gonna go with Johnny Greenwood mm-hmm. from Radiohead. Yeah. So so Johnny Greenwood, uh, he is the uh, obviously lead guitar player, main guitar player for Radiohead. He joined the band originally as a keyboard and harmonica player, but became the band's uh, lead guitar player, um, I guess, over his evolution with the band, over his revelation, uh, his relationship with the band. I don't know that I necessarily would have him be playing guitar on a, as part of this band. Um, more so, I'm into his ability to, as a, his his... Um, his ability to be like a multi-instrumentalist. So he plays a lot of different instruments. He's, he's, he's a composer. Um, he's a, he's a music producer. Uh, he's known for using like software programming, um, computer programming to design his own instrument, like processing effects. And he's done that on a lot of re- uh, Radiohead albums and it really builds to the aesthetic aesthetic. Um, he's, he's written scores um, mostly for, Paul Thomas Anderson funny enough so like he wrote a score for There Will Be Blood Phantom Thread The Master um, he's done residencies with with uh, Australian Chamber Orchestra in Sydney and he's composed songs I don't know if you've heard um, Radiohead's latest album um, A Moon Shaped Pool mm-hmm. uh, you know it didn't get as much fanfare as, as I don't that I, I think it deserved I think it deserved a lot more recognition than it actually ended up getting um, it's a very mature album but it but it's uh, it, it's his ability to draw on not just electronic especially now later in his career draw on you know orchestral scores and and build out from the the, the, the foundation of the band that that I think he would really Ben, the the band would really it would bring everything together also to be able to produce and I would love to see like Johnny Greenwood and Roger Waters I together. was going to say like on the creative on the creative scale Chris you're off the charts like in yeah, terms of the, the yeah wow it's like some weird like prog rock with like pop undertone stuff that's going on here when you got when you when you add mm-hmm. in like Keith Richards and Frusciante it's a little bit more of a traditional bass and then you got Roger Waters and David Bowie and Johnny Greenwood and then the John Bonham one in hindsight like I might have gone with somebody a little bit more experimental had I known this is how it would have unfolded mm. um, but uh, John Bonham could hang like I, I don't think he would be out of place behind a drum kit any in any band whatsoever so it's not too bad yeah, I am open uh, after uh, after the draft is over. Uh, I'll have my agent call your agent. We might be able to talk <laughs> about a trade uh, carry for Bonham, and I'll throw in a second oh, round seriously. draft pick too. That's what I was thinking then. In the back of my mind, I'm like, damn, I wish I had Ben's drummer because it, it seems like a better, a more, a more 
uh, a, a more perfect circle, if you will. Ooh, look what you did there. Uh, Polly, I think you're up next for utility player. Well, I, I battled. I was like you. I was looking for uh, somebody who can program keyboards and things like that. Uh, and yet, with my classic lineup, I thought I should go with a classic player. So I will make mention of two here. The classic fit is Elton John. Mm. who's the most versatile Ooh. player and a guy who can sit in with anybody, a guy who can write a song in 10 minutes. I think we all know about his, as a, as a keyboard player, often forgotten, but a tremendous keyboard player. But I'm going to go because I've picked Neil Peart, Dave Grohl, Flea, Hendrix and Keefe and Freddie Mercury. I'm going to go with Trent Reznor of Nine Inch Nails because he brings this into the contemporary age. Trent, Trent Reznor can work with Jimi Hendrix, you know what I mean? And, and all those things. And yet, I'm not sure if it's an easy fit, you know, because he's not traditional like all these other players. He's not a funk player like Flea, you know? So I, 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 what I, I, I'm putting together some really you know, very diverse and very disparate sort of pieces to this puzzle. I'm not sure if it works as well, maybe as well as Mark's what does, but uh, Dresner, I, I was looking for somebody. You know, I was looking for somebody who can play keyboards, but also program a computer to make this all kind of work. And that's tough. Elton John definitely cannot do that. Well, <laughs> I tell you what, as the general manager of this team now, I'm suddenly looking around the table at all of my scouts wondering what to do. we got to scurry because Team Morris just stole my draft pick. Wow. <laughs> Trent Reznor was rounding out my group, so I got I got to switch gears now. Okay, you could have Trent. I'll keep Elton. No, 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 no. No, that's okay. I, I play by the rules here. I got to abide by the rules. Well, what do you Okay, so what do you see in in Trent Reznor? Maybe that I didn't mention. Uh just what you said, the ability to produce, compose, play multi-instruments program and throw in the little bits of pizzazz and flavor that the band that I've already got lacks. So in other words, I mean, in terms of technical playing and prowess, really outside of Danny Carey, I don't have any prodigies in this band. So I think that Trent Reznor sort of adds that element and would have had Team Morris not stolen my pick, rounded it out quite (laughs) nicely. But now, now, now I gotta, I gotta, I gotta go in a different direction. So let me and my scouts talk things over here while uh, Mark goes with his, his next pick. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 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 so much much like my Gwen Stefani pick, I don't feel like anybody uh, anybody had this uh, this particular person on their radar for their uh, miscellaneous or their uh, special teams. Um, and when you talk about somebody that can. Uh, that can do it all. This guy can do it all. He he kind of has done it all. He can work with uh, he can work with anybody. He can work in any genre of music, which I think is important based on what we're uh, what we're doing uh, today and throughout this uh, this fantasy draft. Um, in sort of the. We'll call him the producer uh, role slash vocals occasionally i think he would throw in some vocals occasionally is uh is pharrell williams i have i've added in for uh the final part of my band uh to be behind the mic to be in front of the mic to be behind uh the kit to be in front of the kit to be the the face of the band that is not actually in the band but would provide some rap 
stuff occasionally, rap lyrics occasionally, and uh, you know, I mean, my band would also, you know, I mean, you would go see my band on a, on a, a concert night, and fuck, you never know, man, Snoop Dogg might walk out on the stage because Pharrell has those connections, <laughs> and Pharrell can make uh, can make those little uh, those little things happen. So um, that's who I've, and, and there was, you know, I mean, there was a ton of different uh, picks for this because you can you can go in any direction. I mean, George Martin would have been a good pick too. I think my band needs my, I think my band needs some hype. Uh, and I, so I, I've gone with like a new George Martin, uh, an urban George Martin with, uh, with Pharrell Williams. So. Great pick. I had him on my list. I was really close before we turned all the microphones on. I was looking at Pharrell and I said, it makes no sense with what I got ready together here. But I, but he would love working with Bob Marley. Oh, I'm sure. Man. You know what I mean, I'm sure he's, he's got connections with Gwen Stefani he, from having done the voice. He's, and, a, yeah, he's so. magic. He's great. Yeah. No. He really can work with anybody. It's 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 pretty cool. Hmm. And and I also would, but still puts he puts his own like you know when Pharrell, even if he's Has not in the video, yeah. even if he's yeah. not on the song, you kind of get a sense. You're like ah, this kind of feels this is this feels like Pharrell touched this somewhere, and yeah. and it's it's yeah he's he's amazing. I, I'm a huge huge fan. <sighs> I'm so stuck. Are <laughs> <laughs> oh, you taking this too seriously? My, my wrestler pick was like such a shoe in. God damn it! <laughs> I can do. I can buy some time for you. Do you no, know who no, I was, no. I, between, so my 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 uh, my other uh, honorable mention for um, my special teams was going to be Ray Manzarek yep. from the Doors. I felt like yeah. you know. That was that was one of those things because I was automatically leaning keyboard um, initially, and I'm like, yeah, that seems like a real general bet. But like then you know, then I started going down the multi instrumentalist route, and I'm like, okay, here we go. This could be, you know, you get a little Swiss Army knife in there and, and really throw some vari- variation in it. I just thought it was really cool, but and I feel like yeah. Raymond Zarek like is very distinctive. Like when you hear when you hear Raymond Zarek play, you're like, okay, that's that's the door. Yeah, there's you know? no like, mistake in that. Like, yeah. Yeah, I, I couldn't imagine it being. You yeah, know. he. I mean, Zarek played a key role in the band. He was pretty much the music director in the group. He was the guy who kind of arranged things and made things work. Not to say that you know John Densmore and and Robbie Krieger didn't have a hand in it, but he kind of he kind of made Jim Morrison work in context of what he was trying to do, and <laughs> and I'm sure that was not that easy to do. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. I kind of had my, uh, for my honorable mention, I had my, my classic weekly idiot pick, which was the, uh, I think his name was Gene Frankel, the guy that played the cowbell from uh, Don't Fear the Reaper, <laughs> Blue Oyster Call. I don't even know if that's actually true, or I, I, my honorable mention then is Will Ferrell there playing Gene Frankel, who's playing the cowbell in that, uh, that skit. You know, it's so. funny, Don't Fear the Reaper, when you listen to it, there's really not that much cowbell in it. It, it gets drowned out by all the other music, because there's is there so much music in that song. There, you know? Yeah, there is. It's just it's it's not as prominent because that's the whole point of the skit. He wanted to make it more prominent. <laughs> <laughs> His gut hanging out at the fucking end of that thing is freaking brilliant. Time. All right, I, I, so I guess I got my pick here. So uh, some names that are coming to mind, but I can't go with. I, I'd love to go with Ian Thornley, but the voice is too similar to my lead singers. But he's a hell of a guitar mm-hmm. player too. Uh, Roger Roger Hodgson from Supertramp is coming to mind. Oh. Uh, 
There's a voice. Yeah, Dave Grohl, of course, comes to mind. Multi-instrument, great singer, great stage presence, writer, blah, blah, blah. I'm going to throw in a true wild card here, just just for the what factor, and I will go with Tori Amos (laughs) as my utility player in this all-cock dong out rock band that I have assembled I just for the hell of it to see what happens I'm throwing Tori Amos into the mix and she rounds out my band right on James Hadfield James Hadfield just asked for a trade yeah. like, oh, this, this team's going in a direction I don't want to be in I thought I had Reznor that's so funny <laughs> <laughs> I did have a, I did have a production team to sort of hold this all together to sort of guide it, and I did have Pharrell Williams on my production team along with Rick Rubin. I figured these are the only two guys who could make sense of the egos that would be walking into this room, and I think that's a real important factor. Oh no shit! Yeah, somebody. Yeah, I was gonna do. I, I was gonna do songwriter as well. Um, you know, I mean, and there was a ton that came up. I thought for my band, Van Morrison would be a good uh, a good songwriter. See, everybody's got their categories here in terms of like what their bands represent where Chris is like all creative there is no question that Mark has picked the most easy to manage pleasant oh just a group of musicians that you could possibly imagine Utopia that's, the, uh, that's my band's name not Utopia. Be any arguments over at Team Fave. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's in, in, a, in an eclectic mix of like world music. I, I love that's that's my favorite part of it. It's like from Mark's group is like it's it's all like I don't know. You just never know. Like you you can definitely see it going down that reggae angle because it seems kind of natural that way. But you know, I, it would be very interesting to hear all of those people just together sing, doing harmony. Yeah. It's like like Seal Seal would have been a good singer for my band too. Seal. It's interesting you bring up that term world music. I was because it's been getting a little bit of it's been getting a little bit of shade lately as being uh, as being I don't know the way it sort of boxes in people racist I think is the word. I was mm-hmm. watching a profile on television on the CBC about a young Colombian woman who artist music artist who lives in Toronto and goes goes back and forth and when asked what she felt about being categorized as being part of world music she took great offense to that which I found really interesting uh, I think world music is kind of an easy an easy category an easy an easy yeah box that we like to put music in that has music that has rhythms and and um, arrangements that are not North American, you know? Yeah, yeah. You know, uh, I think we're familiar with the typical North American styles of rock, blues, jazz, and country music, but anything that seems to be outside of those boundaries, we kind of put conveniently into a category called world music, which we almost, and I think by doing that, some people think not as good as, and uh, and or or not as under well, not as understood. And I think it's different. It's, it's different. <laughs> different. Yeah. It yeah. That's really interesting. You know, is is that that's kind of a zone when you get into when you really get even reggae music is kind of a, you know, um, 
an, an, an open book. I think a lot of us really think we understand reggae music, but when you ask people what they think about reggae and who they think of reggae, they think of one person, that's Bob Marley. Mm-hmm. And yeah. then you really struggle to see what else there is. I kind of did a yeah. bit of a deep dive into this whole thing, and there's music hall, and there's rock steady reggae, and it's deep, you know, but we tend to go for that shopping mall reggae, not to diminish Bob Marley in any way whatsoever, but he's basically it. You know, Bob Marley's Legends yeah. is really the only reggae that most people will know and understand. Those five songs, you know. I agree. So the, there's, there's a reggae, there's a reggae radio station, and sometimes I'll put it on. I'll be like, oh, I'm gonna listen to some reggae, and I'll listen to it for like a minute and a half, and be like, oh, fuck, I don't. I don't know what's going on here. <laughs> Back to serious hits one. When, when I, get out, Mark, get out. When I, I, I went to Jamaica a, couple, a bunch of years back and, and, you know, that's all you would hear played was was Bob Marley because they're just playing what the tourists are expecting to hear. <laughs> right. But then uh, I was really t- did a deep dive in reggae because it's just there's something that that music does to you. Like it, it's as for long after I was listening to like the local because we went to Negril and then and at the same time I discovered tune in radio and you could just like listen to international radio stations and stuff so I would just like tune in to, to their local like island radio station every once in a while and it's very it's different it's definitely a lot different than, than Bob Marley especially now since it's evolved there's a lot of dance hall and, and, and a little bit more like you know that like upbeat club music that they have going down there um, but there, there's a lot of there's a lot of hidden gems like as from the reggae genre that's that's just as good, um, and sometimes if not better than than Bob Marley is. And, and I'm not saying that they're better than Bob Marley, but it's just that like you know, how many times can you listen to Three Little Birds? Right. Exactly. I have to say that to my daughter every night before bed since oh. this whole fucking pandemic started. So that's like 180 days in a row. I've had to sing that song, and it's not good. So funny, um, <laughs> but it's sweet. You know? Real quick, uh, real quick. Can you, hey, hey, can you sing us a few bars, uh, Chris? <laughs> <laughs> do you want me to? Do you want me to bop you on the nose for, on you no. know, with my finger when I say ooh ooh? ooh. <laughs> <laughs> bop me on the nose. Hey, we were supposed to name our bands, by the way. Oh, were we? Oh, yeah, gosh, mine's, utop- that, mine's that, Utopia. That got mentioned on the Utopia. way out the door last week. Damn, um, I have I have no idea. I have absolutely no idea. I'm going I'm going with Butterface. 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 <laughs> it's like Buckethead, but better. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Butterface. Okay, I got a name. I'm calling mine. Nice I'm band, calling mine Thrust. 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 That is graphic. Oh, the album well, cover is just. Moist. Come on. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah it's got to be. It's got to be the opening act. That's too much pressure for me to pick a name right now. I, I can't. Right. I can't bring myself to do it. Unfortunately. Yeah, you'd end up coming up with something dumb like Velvet Revolver or something like that. <laughs> I gotta get out of here, guys. Sounds okay. good. That was fun. Right. We'll uh, see you tomorrow. Uh, no, we won't. Or will we? No, yes, we won't. Right. You have to go back yeah, to next work week. next mean, week. There you go. Yeah. I got all flustered I, with the the picking the name thing. I forgot what day it was. <laughs> <laughs> call, call your band back to work. That's yeah. what it's at some point, at some point in time, we talked about women. We should uh, maybe even talk about you know. You know, highlight highlights yeah, some, uh, some sure. women in music. Let's do that. Let's do that next week. I'm down. I love that. That'd be really cool because there's a, there's a lot there. Um, so just in, think about how we're going to organize that. It's not that it has sure. to be. A, it doesn't have to be Mount Rushmore or Hall of Fame. No, no, no. Some sort of way of 
maybe recommending women that you should pay attention to beyond uh, the usual, um, you know, big name stars. Great. Gotcha. Sounds good. People we admire. All right. Cool. I'm down. All right. All right. That was good. See you guys. See, See you next guys. week. Bye. Thanks for listening to Black Sheep Radio with Ben McVie, Mark LaFave, and Chris Brown. Join the conversation at BSR Podcast on Facebook and at Radio underscore Sheep on Instagram and Twitter.